Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys, Will, Woody, and CJ. We come to break it all down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for those sports they play outdoors, we outside. It's the Side to Side Sportscast. That's how we ride. And today we have a special guest with us. It's our main man, Matt Moyer, representing Bills Mafia to the fullest. And it is such a great time to have a Bills fan on because, unfortunately for Woody and myself, we are stuck with a Pats fan. And even though Woody's a Jets fan, we got the whole AFC East in the place right now. Um, I will not represent the Miami Dolphins. But, um, you know, if need be in conversation, I will play devil's advocate from that side of the division. But, Matt, man, welcome uh, to the Sportscast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, man, awesome. So we definitely see you representing Bill's Mafia to the fullest with the hoodie. Um, you know, uh, Hoodie Stag, our producer, uh, you got some competition, buddy, because that hoodie <laughs> is absolutely fire. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we know you're a Bills fan, but what are some of your favorite sports teams? And what are some of the teams that you dislike the most across any sports? Yeah, so uh, huge Bills fan, upstate New York guy, you know. Um, I also am a big fan of the Boston Celtics. Uh, believe it or not, New York guy liking the Boston team. Okay. Uh, Paul Pierce was my favorite player, you know, growing up. And I'm a big Kansas Respect. Jayhawks fan as well. And uh, you can't handle the truth. You know, that guy was fantastic. Yes, uh, sir. Other right. than that, you know, I'm a big lacrosse guy, uh, repping the uh, PLL Chaos cap on okay. right now. Little little glare okay. going on. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big I'm a big lacrosse guy. Um, obviously, you know, the number one hated team. Any Bills fan? Sorry, CJ. It's got to be the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> and also, Tom Brady, he's like point. in his own. He's his own little hate bubble, pretty much yep. for me. Anything <laughs> yep. has to do with Tom Brady. You know? <laughs> awesome, man. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You're not. The, you're not. I mean, you're not the first person to say that. Yeah. To me. Right. <laughs> no, man. Listen, it's a it's a division rivalry. That that hate's got to run deep for the team. But we all love their other fans, except for the ones that get on our nerves. As a Cowboys fan who definitely mixes it up with Eagles fans all the time. I know about that love-hate relationship with the fans, but never any love for the franchise. Um, love how you're representing one of those sports they play outdoors, they outside, the lacrosse is in the building on top of the head right now. We love it, <laughs> man. So what are some of your favorite sports moments as a fan? Um, think about throughout your entire timeline um, as a sports fan. What are some of your favorite things that have occurred in the sports world? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, like I said, going back to my favorite teams, I mean, the 08 Celtics championship, that was huge. I mean, whew, man, being the Lakers like we did, that rivalry, that was that was nuts to watch. Uh, also seeing the K, the Jayhawks win that Natty championship, Mario Chalmers, man, just draining it over Derrick Rose, over Memphis, man, that was, that was something. But I have to say, my most favorite moment was last year's AFC Championship run for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, as a Bills fan, I've been on this earth for 29 years. I'm about to be 30 on Friday. To oh. see them go far in the playoffs, and I'm talking like pretty close to the Super Bowl, has to be my favorite sports moment of my life so far. It has been tough being a Bills fan. 
and to finally see them, you know, having the success that we deserve and, you know, the team deserves, it's been really awesome to see. No, man, that's awesome. The Bills are back. And, um, you know, I was I was young, like in in my preteen stages uh, when the Bills were going to back to back Super Bowls uh, with, you know, playing against my Dallas Cowboys. But the the Bills were like the best team in the AFC without question. Uh, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, you know, um, Andre Reid. I mean, they were stacked. And I have to say, it is refreshing to see Josh Allen and the boys back in the saddle now with some of your favorite sports moments there's got to be some sports moments that you just wish you didn't have a memory of um so like what what happened in your sports world that you wish didn't happen i mean all all the losses to the Patriots and the Tom. I wish Tom Brady never put on a Patriots uniform, man. I mean, <laughs> you know how you know how bad it was going into Bucks week and see that stat where the Bills have only beat him like three times in his career. Like he owns the Bills, and to see that every single week, like going into the Bucks game, that was it. Just brings up memories and like honestly. We we are we are Tom Brady's children. I'm I'm with you right <laughs> in there with the, with the gangrene. We are we are his, his children. It's it's yeah. a tough world to live in. Once he was gone, I was like, maybe there's hope for me, but apparently, Moyer, there was only hope for you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad you enjoyed last year and that nice run. You'll probably have another nice run. You'll have some you you will have multiple runs. Um I don't know what's in my future. Um the only runs I've been getting is when I eat bad sushi. Right now, but, um, I don't know. We'll we'll see if, if Zach Wilson or somebody can can save me. Man, I actually, when Tom Brady was officially leaving the Patriots, I had this secret desire to see Tom Brady go to the Miami Dolphins. Now he went to Tampa Bay because it's marketable, it's Tampa Bay, and that offense is stacked. They just needed him. But I was looking forward to South Beach Brady. I think that could have worked, and I would have loved to see him terrorize the division just from another, you know, from the South Beach, basically, and yeah. uh, keep doing the same thing. But you, you know what? To, you need to learn your audience, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> trust me. I get it. It's, you know, Tom Brady is yesterday. He is officially out of the division, right? Right now, the division comes down to two teams. But let's talk about your team, Matt. Let's talk about Bill's Mafia, you know, for a second here. Um you got a cornerstone quarterback. You got Josh Allen. He's going to hold down the fort for the next decade plus. You know, he, he gets bag, better man. and better every year. Uh, you guys were just playing against Tampa Bay, and Josh Allen single-handedly put the team on his back and got you back in that game. It was actually as just a fan um, who's wanting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose for the benefit of my Cowboys. It was, it was tough to see you guys uh, lose that game but hey this season you're in the seventh seed right now what do you think about your team's chances this year break it down for us I mean I I was there on Sunday against the Panthers I just got back yesterday from the game actually me and the boys went out uh, and to to see that game to kind of you know get back in it was really nice to see especially the run game I mean Singletary that was his best game of the year 22 carries for about 86 yards, one touchdown. Uh, it's good to see the run game kind of start getting going, especially gearing up for the playoffs, you know, because we all know if you can't run the ball in the playoffs, 
you're not going to go very far, right? I mean, you got to kill the clock somehow. But I, right now, man, the Bills, they, they scare me a little bit. I mean, we have all the potential in the world. We could go to the Super Bowl. We could win it. But the, the consistency just hasn't been there this year. I mean, when we lose to the Jags, you know, nine to, what was it, three or six, however many points we put up after being the number one or two scoring offense in the league, you know, coming out of the bye week, it, it's scary. You know, you don't, you don't know which Bills team you're going to get. But last week or the, uh, on Sunday, like I said, it was good to see the boys, you know, kind of get back on the wagon, start circling the wagon a little bit again. Hey, and nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Yes, Buffalo <laughs> Bills, right? So, who? What do you think this year? It's been a, it's been an up and down year, and there's one thing that's consistent with every team in the NFL: the game changes from week to week. You know, you as a fan, you know your team's strengths, and then suddenly you get to this part of the season where those strengths don't really look as powerful, right? Yeah. But they're forever putting the pieces together right now where the bills stand right now. What do you think on both sides of the ball are the bills best strengths that you, if you're going to hang your Super Bowl hopes on a hat on a couple hats, I would say, what are you putting them on? Offensively looking at that side of the ball, I'm putting it on Josh, man. I mean, we saw in the Tampa Bay game, like you said, he can put the team on his back. And when he's clicking, he is clicking. I mean, with his arm and with his legs, he's he's just such a dual threat. It's it's insane how defenses have to play against him. You know, he just keeps them on their toes all the time. And then you throw in Stefan Diggs, you know, one of the best route runners in the game. He, we, we finally have that, you know, stud wide receiver uh, quarterback duo that we haven't had since, you know, Kelly and Reed. Um, now we're just missing the running back piece to it. I mean, hopefully uh, Motor Singletary and, you know, Matt Burita and them can get it going. But that's – I think our strength is Josh on the offensive side. When, he, when he's on and, you know, he's clicking, we can, you know, do a lot of good things. Defensively, if we look to that – the past couple of years, man, it's been that pass defense. Our secondary is shoot, is top notch, man. I mean, you look at our safety duo of Hyde and Poyer; those guys are the most underrated safeties in the league. They they make play after play every every damn game, man. I mean, they're just crazy. Um, and then you got Trey White. Unfortunately, my man went down. You know, the torn ACL. Um, but I have faith in the rest of our secondary. We're pretty deep group. Honestly, I, I'm I uh, I feel like because you said something which I actually do think is like the key to Bill's success. I'm I, I'm an admirer from 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 afar. All right, you know I'm I'm a Jets fan. I have I have nothing to love. All right, and one Jets drive. Josh Allen is one of the most exciting things in the entire league. Yeah. Right? I mean, if if you could create the perfect quarterback for Madden. It already exists. It's Josh Allen, right? Um, but I, f- I feel like they, they actually abandoned the run too early. Like, in your opinion, is Motor Singletary that bad that they just often abandon the run? I mean, we see it so many other teams with great quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, um, but they run the ball consistently. You know, Aaron Jones gets a lot of touches. Now they got A.J. Dillon out there, both of them getting all these touches. What do you have to say about Singletary, uh, Brita, like you mentioned, uh, Zach Moss? Like, what do you think you need an infusion of talent, 
or or is is uh, Brian Dabble just not not calling up the plays? You know, I think I think it's a it's a couple of factors going into it. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry to say it, but our O line this year has really let us down. You know, last year they were pretty solid, um, but this year, man, they the aggressiveness just hasn't been there in the run blocking. I mean, if you watch, and even in the pass blocking as well. Um, but if you watch our run game, they're just not getting off the line very hard. They're not getting any push. Um, and that's and they're getting pushed back into our backs as soon as they get the ball in the backfield, you know. And that's tough as a running back when you're trying to look for the hole and all of a sudden you got the old lineman right on your face, you know. I mean, <laughs> blocks your vision a little bit. Um, but I do think Buffalo is missing that, you know, work hard, that workhorse back. Um, motor, I love Motor, man. Motor Singletary. He is, he's a great running back, uh, but he I think he's more suited, you know, for a little bit of like a scat back, third down, kind of change of pace uh, type of back, in my opinion. And uh, a couple of my other buddies who are Bills fans, Zach Moss has been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Um, I wish he'd run a little more aggressively, you know, and his vision was a little bit better. He missed a wide open hole uh, one time and I think two games ago, maybe against the Pats. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean – we, we got to get better in the run game. It has to, it's got to start clicking if we want to go far in the playoffs because we've seen it. I mean, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we didn't hand the ball off the entire first half. And that was the first time in like, I think 30 years, a team hasn't like handed off the ball to a running back in a game. Uh, so we definitely need the running game to start getting going. So, so that's, that's actually kind of my point, right? Because Will Gaddy said something and I'm not sure if it, if it's true. Um, he said that Josh Allen is that cornerstone, cornerstone. Oh my God, I can't even speak. Cornerstone quarterback for a decade plus. But Woody's take is that if he is dropping back without handing the ball off for full halves at a time, he is one of the most physical quarterbacks in the league. He is not sliding, right, when he's scrambling for his 12-yard gains. He is trucking people over. How long, how durable can he play at this high level with no running game, you know, to supplement his talent? I mean, we've seen Cam, you know, Cam, is, is he's a shell. He's not anything like what he was when he was the NFL MVP. What what do you think about Josh Allen? I mean, is it a guarantee to you, like it is to Will, that he is here for a decade plus, playing hard like he's doing right now? I I'd say yes. I think it's a guarantee. Um, and I think kind of like what you said before, Woody. Uh, you know, Dayball with the play calls. Sometimes uh, you scratch your head a little bit at the design QB runs and the times that he calls them at. Uh, he kind of puts Josh in a bad spot, man, when he calls that that QB run and, you know, the defense kind of knows it's coming. Uh, I'm, and I'm not talking about like, you know, QB sneaks. I'm talking about, you know, second and long, you know, uh, he call, we call it a lot, that QB run. And it puts them in a bad spot. And like I said, if our O-line's not, you know, getting any push either, they're just, they're just collapsing on him and he's going to take hits. But if we get that every down back, that workhorse back, right. And if we upgrade in the trenches, then I think that, you know, Josh can be more opportunistic with his runs and he can slide. Hopefully he'll get a little bit more space, you know, to kind of go down a little bit quicker. Uh, or he can just, you know, sling it around because we, I mean, we've all seen it. The dude can, the dude's got a cannon. He can sling the ball. 
in I mean, CJ, you saw it during the Pats game. Those winds were gusting at about 50, 60 miles per hour, and he was cutting through those things like butter, man, with the ball. Some of those throws were just unbelievable. So yeah. as as a as a Pats fan, I guess the, the and and you can tell me if you agree with this as a, as a Bills fan. I would fear the Bills a lot more, and you guys touched on this. If they had different coaches, much like much like uh, I I felt about the old Giants teams when Coffin was a coach, like a lot of Giants fans felt too. Um, you know, and I looking at looking at McDermott, I never really put a ton of stock in in um, having a defensive coordinator move into a head coach and then having a direct impact on grooming a quarterback um, or having a you know an intricate offensive system and then you have to drop down and look at the offensive coordinator and look at what his track record is and and you know where has he come from where has he you know sharpened his teeth and brian dabble we go back i mean you can go back to it i, I don't even need to mention the 2009 2010 cleveland teams that he was you know an, an offensive coordinator for like nothing to, to write home about there and then he went to Miami in 2011, six and ten, and and Kansas City the next year, at at a two and fourteen team to finish in last place. So he hasn't had a successful. This is the most successful he's been, right? Like with 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 the Bills, um, in in recent years. And I know that McDermott got them 13 wins, right? I know, like, but basing it off wins and losses and two seasons and that much of a vacuum is not a way to judge a head coach. And honestly, I don't think those two are the guys that are going to get you over the hump. So until there's another guy at the helm, I don't really fear the bills necessarily winning a Super Bowl. Well, I just got to hop in here. Cause I want to address, <laughs> right? address two things, right? One to Woody's point, right? Josh Allen, if you take a, yes, he's a running, he runs, but it's not like Cam. Cam ran because Cam had to run. That is what he was best at doing, right? Cam had a cannon. It wasn't the most accurate cannon, but it was a cannon, right? And But nothing in the red zone, Cam was running. And taking those hits, it did hurt him. If you take a look at Josh Allen, his amounts of runs per game has decreased over the past couple of years. In fact, this year, he was probably on pace to finish with less than 100 carries on the whole season. But against Tampa Bay, they had to unleash it because Tampa couldn't stop it, right? So, like, that that was just a circumstance. I think it was, like, week five maybe was the last time he had double-digit carries in a game. Mm -hmm. um, so, <clears throat> Josh Allen, can his accuracy gets better every year. His deep ball, his connection with his receivers gets better every year. So receivers I can totally, I can <laughs> totally envision him being like a Ben Roethlisberger piece. I'm not the Super Bowls. Super Bowls are hard to win. Like it's it's hard to talk about whether a quarterback is going to be a Super Bowl quarterback. You Dan Marino, one of the greatest ever, didn't win a Super Bowl. Super Bowls are hard to win. It takes a total team, but that you need that quarterback to give yourself the best chance of doing it. And I totally believe Josh Allen is that guy. I think he can really own the division. Now, as for the coaches, man, Sean McDermott is one of the better coaches in the NFL. And CJ, with the audacity to say 
defensive coordinators don't become head coaches and then groom quarterbacks when Bill Belichick is literally <laughs> your head coach who has done that. I don't who, get it. That, that was like, who are that was like a huge homer take to me. Coordinators. But but one of the worst I things guess, that could, I, I was just asking who are the offensive coordinators of those teams because that plays a factor in how you groom your quarterback. That's it's another cool. thing. One of the worst things you could do to a quarterback that has talent is continue to cycle the coordinators, right? That is one of the things that stunts the growth of quarterbacks early on. When, all right, this coach doesn't want them, they bring in a new coach, new system. Alex Smith's career never took off to the heights that it was expected to. He had to learn like five different offenses in his first six years, right? So keeping Brian, keeping Dable um, there is definitely – a, it's a benefit, you know. Is he the greatest offensive coordinator? But no, he's actually a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think that they need to get a workhorse running back. Um, Singletary is doing the best he can, but the Bills, if there was one thing that I think, and um, you you mentioned it as a, an opportunity, Matt, if there's one thing that I think the Bills could do is find. They hope Zach Moss would eventually be that guy, but keep looking for that guy. You know, in every draft, the running backs don't have to be in the first round. Yeah, Get the workhorse running back, the guy that you can hand the ball off 20 to 25 times. Like, you know, a perfect fit for the Bills would have been like a player like Javante Williams that is on the Denver Broncos right now. Oh, yeah. If they would have gotten him, I mean, I, I, I the Bills would have been a tough team for anybody to beat um, because he's a workhorse. And um, he's his rookie season. He's getting stronger, but. This isn't really about the Bills Mafia. How about we talk about take two, Bills Patriots? I mean, if we're talking about running the ball, that's what Bill Belichick did to you guys last time you played, right? Yeah. Bill Belichick said, Mac, you're only throwing three passes. <laughs> we're going to run the football and win this game. And, you know, as, as a big admirer of Bill Belichick, as a head coach, I, I despise the Patriots, but like Bill Belichick is a strategy king. And that game was because he's holding on to something. There is potential that you guys could play three times this year, right? And I don't think it's a coincidence that Bill Belichick didn't show anything in the past game. He, he intentional. So I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I'm actually, this is probably one of the more intriguing games of the week to take a look at. But Matt, what do you think? How can your team even up the score and um, better position yourselves in this really tight playoff race? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it starts by stopping that run game and making Mac Jones throw the ball. I mean, we just saw it when they just lost to the Colts on Saturday, man. You make Mac Jones throw the ball, mistakes are going to happen. He's a rookie, man. He's still learning. Um, he threw, what was it, two picks against the Colts, one in the red zone and a pretty opportunity, like a pretty, you know, opportunistic time to get more points, get back in the game. Um, but yeah, the Bills, man, they just got to come out and play, you know, they got to play aggressive. I mean, that game against them, uh, at, at Bill stadium, you know, a home game in the snow in the 60, 50 mile per hour winds. They gotta smack. They gotta, they gotta stop the run game. They gotta smack him in the mouth and make Mac Jones, you know, put the game in his hands, make him play. So, what's your boy Matt going to do, CJ? <laughs> well, first, I'd like to defend my point um, really quickly to uh, 
to, to Gaddy and, and, and say that you can't compare Bill Belichick to Sean McDermott as far as like grooming court. Like it's very rare that I should say that you're going to find a defensive coordinator. Bill Belichick just happened to have the title of defensive coordinator. He's more like football genius. But aside from that, he also had uh, Charlie Weiss, right? Who was pretty good. Bill O'Brien right after that. And then right after that, Josh McDaniels. And we all know how that relationship went. These are all guys that you're not going to hold uh, Brian Dable. Like, to, like you would love to have any one of those guys as an offensive coordinator right now with Josh Allen rather than Brian Dable. Matt, would you agree? Before you, can I just... I don't can know. I, I don't know that. I don't think so. Uh, can I just can I just say, please? I just I yeah, want to yeah. say this, right? Because Charlie Weiss didn't have the galore that he has today when he was at the beginning. He was that Brady. good, and there's a in reason fact, he does have that that lore now, like that. Well, that. well I'm saying, like it, it, it came, like it came about, but he wasn't like in it, like a super like Charlie Weiss. It can be argued that his reputation at that time was very synonymous to Dable's right now, right? Like, Dable is at the beginning of doing this, and Josh Allen has improved every year. It's not like he's regressing. So he is writing his story right now as a quality offensive coordinator for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. He might even get head coaching offers, um, you know, in the he next was, year, he was actually one of the top, he was one of the top candidates for a head coaching job last year. Like he got a lot of yeah. offers. I, I don't. I actually don't think it can be argued. Like you want to talk about where Josh Allen was his rookie year, yeah. and where he is now. Oh, it's big I don't even know if there's a coaching staff that has better developed a quarterback in this league over the last three years than McDermott and Dable have done for Josh Allen these last three years. You don't yeah, they got him. You think Herbert? You don't think Herbert's been good? What, Herbert came Herbert. in good. What do you mean? Yeah. Allen didn't come in good. Allen didn't come in with any expectations. He came in with a lot of with question expectations, marks. Yeah, expectations, yes. But his rookie year, he was a little shaky. I will admit. I, yeah. I, I personally like <laughs> Josh Rosen. When they said Allen, I was like, man, the kid from Wyoming? Like, come on. Yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> and how pumped are you right now? now? I'm like, thank God <laughs> we didn't get Josh Rosen. Oh, everybody. Josh God. Rosen let everybody oh, down. Right? Yeah. 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 For real. But then again, Josh, I mean, Justin Herbert, second year, second staff, you know, this is, this is, I I didn't mean to derail that. I wanted to just justify what I was saying. And, and so to answer, sorry, you don't have much to say about Mac Jones. So Mac Jones, (laughs) no, and, and, and honestly, I don't, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about Mac Jones for a little while now and we, and I'm still wait, I'm still waiting, still waiting. To them see to actually people. just unleash the Mac, like let Mac <laughs> like throw the ball a little bit. And like everything, honestly, like every time they allow him to throw it, it looks like tentative every once in a while, he'll let one loose and drop it in the basket to Bourne or, or like, you know, connect with Aguilar downfield when he actually decides to catch a ball. Like, I, I mean, you can see it. It's there. It's just like, they're, I just, for some, we watched, I mean, the bills weather, like, that that game we can attribute to to Belichick just being like, listen, I mean, I'm not gonna have you like lose confidence because the ball is blowing sideways. Like it's you know, <laughs> let's just let's just see if we can figure this one out with the backs and play tight defense. Um, so, I mean, it ended up working out. I don't think in a good weather game you're getting away um, 
you know, it, it's going to be a close game, period. I, I mean, the Bills, the Bills are a scary team. You guys, last, was it two weeks ago that we were talking about matchups and I was talking about the Bucks-Bills game. And, um, you know, the guy on the show, uh, Moran, I think it was, was saying that it wasn't even going to be close. The Bucks are going to wipe them clean. And it looked like it for a little bit. And then the, the Bills decided to, like, come back. I'm not, like, a Bills hater, right? Like, I, I'm i excited. I'm excited to have a legit rival in the conference. As cocky as that sounds, it's like I I love the Red Sox. I'm a, I'm a baseball guy, too, so I love the Red Sox, Yankees. Like, I, I love having somebody come to town to hate. Right. There's nobody. It used to be the Giants, but they're it's just like they're not even in the same conference. Like now it's tough to hate. the. I'm not afraid of Daniel Jones coming into Foxborough like, you know, whatever. Um, now I like it. It's like and, and even my the, I don't know if you watch the show, but my buddy who's gone to all the stadiums is like Bill's Mafia was undoubtedly the most insane atmosphere that they've been a part of um, as far as going to home games um and and he bought a jp losman jersey and, and rocked that for the game um but uh, but you know it's like it's fun for me it's fun to have that like i hope for years to come it's mac jones versus josh allen like and i get to come on here with you in another year and talk smack next year about like who's gonna be the better quarterback um because they finally let mac jones start throwing the ball Let's settle down now. You had the same reaction when I said the Pats were going to make the playoffs this year. Okay. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. The Pats laughing at me at the beginning of the year. That was no. That was was on the table from day one. That was on the table from day one. But Mac, you got to get out of here with that. You got to come on now. Well, I did say Mac Jones is going to end up being the best quarterback in the draft, and I'm I'm specifically speaking because. He is in the best situation to groom him. Uh, whereas, like, you know, like, listen, if, if um Zach, if your boy Zach fell to the Patriots, I think that would have been tremendous for his career, but right? You know, know, so, you know, but that's that's besides the point. This week, the Patriots play the Bills, right? When they played last time, 45 carries over 200 yards in a old school football game, you know. Uh, that was as old school as it gets. And me, I love it. Everybody who loves fantasy football was freaking angry uh, because some people started Mac Jones and he only threw the ball three times. You're not getting any points <laughs> off of that, right? I had um, Dawson Knox that game. You know, the, the, yeah. The, 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 yeah, people started Dawson Knox. Like, you know, uh, it was not a fantasy football game. I would not be surprised if this is another knockout. That, now, the Bills... I said this after they lost to the Patriots that, and I've been on fire with my calls. When the Patriots lost to the Cowboys and were two and four, I said they're going to go on a tear because this team has—they've been in every game and they're going to—they're going to win a lot of games. Here they are at the top of the division, right? You know now. But when the Bills lost, you could see in the press conference like they were hurt, man. That loss, they—they they took that one personal because that, that wasn't just like a it's like a 31 to 30 game field goal no that was like a we punched you in the mouth and you could not answer to it like we Mac Jones was running the ball on third and six <laughs> quarterback sneaks third and six picking up first downs that's crazy right so the bills are going to come out and I feel like they're going to have a huge chip on their shoulder I wouldn't be surprised me personally if the bills win this game 
in like a 14 to 10 type of game. Um, but what do you guys, obviously it's natural for you to pick your team, but tell us, what do both of you feel about your team's chances winning this game? A, do you think they're going to win? And if so, what needs to happen? And if not, why not? Matt, how about we start with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Buffalo can win, man. I think we can go in there. If the, if the weather is, you know, good, I mean, Josh can sling it no matter what. But if the weather is good and, and we can, you know, spread out the Patriots, I know they got a good secondary. I know they do. But Dawson Knox has really come on this year. He's a matchup threat um, against those linebackers. I like him against Dante Hightower. I mean, if they're going to put him or Kyle Duggar, if they're going to match up Kyle Duggar, uh, Duggar against uh, Dawson Knox. I like Dawson Knox's athleticism against Kyle Duggar. Uh, but I, I think the Bills are going to win, man. I think it's going to be, you know, just like you said, Will, it's going to be, you know, low-scoring game. It's going to be a smack fest. But ultimately, I think the Bills are going to come out on top. Okay. We might be seeing some snow on Sunday in Foxborough. So, you know, it could be – and that's the one thing, too, that I love, you know, about, like, this 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 rivalry that's, that's going on is, like – nobody's fearing the weather, right? It's not like Miami's our rival and we're coming up and they're like, oh, well, they've been playing in 90 degree weather down in Tampa. We're going to have them. They're going to be, you know, chapped in their fingers. Like, no, Bills have it worse than <laughs> than we do in Foxborough a lot of times, right? So so they're built for this too. And, and that's where it's like, you know, you got to almost rely on Belichick to out coach them again. You know, if they think that the that the Patriots are going to come in and try and slam it down their throats again, I think they got another thing coming. I think they're going to let Mac Jones air the ball out a little bit more and say, like, all right, well, like, as good as this Bills secondary is, like you said, I mean, everybody knows Micah Hyde, right? That's he's he's a household name at this point, and and Poyer's made a name for himself too back there as that safety tandem. They're going to cover their ground and and help their cornerbacks on on a lot of that deep that deep stuff that I want Mac Jones to start throwing, right? These might not be the guys to go against to try and do that, but, you know, you can't – I've never seen Bill Belichick just – like. well, I shouldn't say never. I don't think it's in the Bill Belichick scheme to just take and copy-paste what was successful last game and put yeah. it into this scheme. Um, he, he might do it until it doesn't work anymore. But it's not as if the Bills, you know, like again, I, I said that was a that was very that game plan was pretty subjective to the type of weather. Now, I don't know how bad the winds are going to be. It's not like you can't throw the ball in the snow. I think you're going to see Mac Jones at least put the ball in the air at you know 20, 25 times. It's going to be a different game. It's going to be very close. I think you are going to see both teams score under twenty points in the game. So. Um, hey, here's right now. Take the under. You heard it here first. <laughs> Wait, so do you have a pick? Or you a pick? Or, or I, what pick. I mean, what am I? What do you guys want from me? What do you think I'm going to pick? To be honest, you, yeah. want, you think you're going to win this game? It's the home team. They're the home team. They won last game. They're going to take care of business. They're coming off a loss from the Colts. There we go. Where they there just got the ball. Yeah. Down. Oh, all those sentences and not the actual answer to the question that we were looking for. Sorry, I thought you guys knew that, like, uh, you, you said try not to be by. I mean, no, like, I'm not. Like, bleed, bleed, my, boys, yeah. my boys are going to take my boys are going to take the game at home in Foxborough. They're coming off Taylor a lot of loss where Jonathan Taylor just made you eat it. And, and now they're going to try and, and, and they're not going to let the Bills score points on them. They're, they're going to end up winning this game. 
I don't know, some bizarre score, 18 to 11. It's going to be one of those, those uh, what do they call them, the Sudoku scores or something like that? Weirdos. Uh, yeah, just one of those bizarre scoring games. So that's, that's me, my uh, Pat's win. Pat's win. Pat's win. All right. Well, I, I will I will complete this little circle. We're going, uh, what is this, counterclockwise? Um, with this, you know, circle of predictions. Um, I think that the key to the game um, are those other guys, like Matt said it before, right? Dawson Knox. All right. I don't, I don't think Stefan Diggs will be um, a factor, you know, like, you know, Belichick is better than anybody at taking away that top option. Um, so we're going to need Dawson Knox to step up. Um, you're going to need um, Gabriel Davis, you know, sometimes, you know, sneaks in there. So that that's that's the key. If those guys get involved, if Motor Singletary is running, you know, on a V8, you know, if, if they all, you know, are, are, are there and here to play, I think that is what it will take to put the Bills over the hump. But if they don't come to play, and that's that's the thing, Matt said it earlier before, like which Bills? Are we getting the Jags Bills? All right, or are we getting the Bills? <laughs> I hope that, so. That, that, uh, <laughs> that smacked the, um, smack the Texans, was it? 35 nothing. Like, you know, wh- which Bills, you know, are, are we getting? So that's, that's a huge factor. Who is going to show up to this game? If those guys show up, then – I'm still thinking the under either way. I'll tell you that right now. But it would be like, uh, you know, like, you know, 17-14 Bills as opposed to 14-10 Patriots. Yeah, I mean, See, regardless of what – I was going to say, if the Bills never put up those, like, stinkers, I would be – I mean, I had the Bills, like, just as competing with the Chiefs for the top seed in the AFC – in the AFC, like – you know, I was talking about the Patriots because I was on like the hype train at the beginning of the year, and I'm, I was being a homer. But like the Bills, Ross, like on paper, I was convinced. Like, I mean, you look, you look down that that offense, and it's just like with Josh Allen just putting those quick Emmanuel Sanders, good route runner, Stephon Diggs, good route runner. Knox came out. I mean, I won't say that he came out of the blue sky, um, but he started catching the ball a lot better this year. Um, when he was getting when he was getting his hands on it, and then you got Cole Beasley sitting out there. He was just a possession guy, like as your as your third, maybe even fourth option. Then they go out and pick up Matt Breida, who was you know a knee injury removed from being the fastest guy in the league. It was just like you know with this team, you know, and then you had the hype on Moss and Singletary. It was like this going to be a crazy team because it was it was scary. Now that team shows up. Not every week. When they do, they can beat anybody in this league for sure. That's the beauty of football, because as you guys talk about which Bills team is going to show up, I'll tell you, a virgin that you haven't seen yet is going to show up. Because this game is personal. This game is personal. It doesn't matter what the final score is going to be, but I really feel that the Bills are going to win. Now they they may lose, but I feel like. It, for the Patriots to win this game, the Patriots have to play perfect football, no turnovers, right? Um, I feel like the Bills are going to bring everything they have because that last loss was embarrassing, and they're going to find a way to win this game. Now, if they don't win this game, the AFC playoff picture changes big time because right now 
there are six, the Bills sit in the seventh seed in the AFC at eight and six, right? Um, at eight and six. And the Patriots are nine and five. So just one game ahead of them, the Patriots are the second ranked team. So the race is close. And behind the Bills at the seventh seed are six teams that are within one game of them. So if if the Bills lose, they can find themselves in a position of being outside of the playoff picture, looking in. Um, if you if you look at the remaining teams on the schedule, it's going to be a photo finish for sure. So obviously, Matt, your team has to take care of business uh, to stay alive um, in this picture. What teams, you know, make you a little bit nervous that are that are behind you? You got the Ravens, the Steelers, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Broncos. Uh, what teams, you know, make you feel just a little nervous about uh, potentially catching you? Yeah, I mean, well, it, it goes to this game this week. This is a must win for the Bills because, like you said, if we lose, we, we're probably on the outside looking in, you know. Um, it helps that we have Atlanta and then the Jets to end out the season, you know, um, so that could help us get back into the playoff picture. Um, but I, I, I would say I'm – I'm nervous about the Steelers, man. I think Big Ben still has a little bit left in the tank. Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league. You know, they got T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. It's not like the Steelers are, you know, some scrub team. They When when they can go, they can go. Um, so I like the Steelers, you know, trying to make that final push. I think Cleveland's done, honestly. Um, I They got a lot of turmoil going on. Baker's been having a tough year internally and externally it seems like he's got voices you know coming from every direction telling him that he's not the future over there it seems like um but yeah i mean it, it in my eyes the team that i think is the scariest right now going into the playoffs is the chiefs i mean if you watch the chiefs it looks like they're back and that is <laughs> really scary in the afc to see that you know the chiefs are what are they now 10 and, 10 and 4, right, it's in the top of the mm -hmm. AFC West. So if, if they get home field advantage, you know, if they win out and everybody else kind of falls by the wayside and the Chiefs get home field advantage in that first round bye, that's a scary thing for the AFC. Yeah, you know what? Great points. Uh, as far as the Steelers are concerned, they beat you guys earlier in the year. Yeah. And they, if, if it came down to a tiebreaker, they have an actual tie on their record. So – uh, you know, it actually, it would be if you guys finish with like the same win percentage. I don't even know if that's possible anymore. But um, you know, if they if they keep hanging in there, you know, one loss could change that because if you have seven losses, they only have six because they have a tie, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that, that's why winning this game um, is absolutely crucial. And I, I do think that um, the last two games of the season, like you said, are are you know they look like cupcake games right now, but these teams are always trying to play spoiler. Yeah, um, in, I'll in tell you right now, against the Jets, that is a cupcake game. So don't worry about that. <laughs> They're worried about draft position, right? They want to lose. They want that high pick. Oh, I, <laughs> well, we thought that last year, and then they went off, <laughs> and they beat – they won the game and hit the number one pick. So you never you never know. You But um, you, you never know. I don't – who knows? You never know. You never know what you're going to get with the Jets. But um, – yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them to beat you guys either. So this is the this is the playoff game. Like you are here, this is the playoff game. Um, you know, 
Um, what now? Aside from the Buffalo, it should be pretty crazy. I'm so sorry. I just want to say because the Bills, like I actually agree. Like before the season, it was the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Browns that were like, you know, who is going to win the AFC? Those are the three. Right. Uh, and Baker, I think Baker has proved himself to be Faker Mayfield. I, I I don't want to like be like everybody else, just bashing him, bashing him. But like, you know, he is a, one of the absolute best. Like I, I'm saying top five O-line in all of football. They've given him not one, but two elite running backs. Right. To take the pressure off of him and not one, but two. Pro Bowl receivers. Now I know one's gone now, but like from a from a GM standpoint, what more can you do when on the other side of the ball you got Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward? You know they just picked up Clowney. Like it, they were, you know. So so I I gotta call him Faker Mayfield. How how much of a disappointment for you would it be if the Bills also find themselves? out of the playoff picture the way that the Browns seemingly are, given their expectation at the beginning of the year? Oh, it'd be huge. It'd be huge. I mean, like I said, my my best moment so far has been last year's AFC championship run. I want a Super Bowl. And I, I Bill's Mafia wants to get there, you know? And we came into this season, you know, with those expectations. Now, does that mean, you know, if things go bad, are we going to, you know, jump ship? Definitely not. I mean, we're Bills Mafia till we die. We always got our teams back. Uh, but it'll it'll definitely be, you know, it, it, it'll hurt. It'll hurt for sure. If we don't at least make, you know, a deep playoff run, those were expectations. You know, make a deep playoff run, get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, listen, one thing that I can say that, you know, I know CJ earlier was, um, you know, talking about McDermott and Dable, but <clears> – <throat> At least they're not going to do what Harbaugh did, man. Harbaugh actually <laughs> lost two games in a row, and they're currently sitting on the outside looking in now because yeah. instead of just tying the game, he went for two. I get it, but if it didn't work last week, why would you do it again this week, right? Now, if the Ravens don't make the playoffs, they are going to have a lot. They're not going to fire Harbaugh. Harbaugh is a great coach. He's probably going to be the Baltimore coach until he decides to retire. He's been so consistent with that franchise. But this is when that conversation starts. All right, maybe we should move on. Like, you know, yeah. so this, this is when that conversation begins uh, with, with the Ravens. Now, <clears throat> the week 16, which is this week, mm-hmm. you got the Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and that game could be for the division um, to the Ravens credit or to their benefit following the, this matchup, if they win, the Bengals have to go home to take on the Kansas city chiefs. And then they end the season with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So man, the Bengals probably have the roughest, toughest schedule uh, remaining out of any team. If, if they hang in there, um, it's going to be great, but Hey, this is something that could help out the Buffalo bills, right? Oh, definitely, man. This could yeah. help out the bills. I mean, yeah. if they get a couple losses, that helps you further, like, stay in this top seven uh, picture. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can see, I, I can see the Bengals losing all three of these games. To be quite honest, <laughs> even yeah, I, hey, I, they got the Ravens. Really? And can I ask a question? 
it can can is Tyler Huntley the next like Tyrod Taylor coming like the backup for the Ravens to be the next? Oh my god! Some team? I, Tyler Huntley can ball, dude. He can literally play. had this same conversation yesterday. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the dude can ball. Like I, I'd give him a flyer if I'm a team that needs a quarterback. I try to sign him off the Ravens quick or trade for him. You know, a little late round pick. Uh, but I yeah, I can totally see the Bengals. You know, losing. All these three games, and that's why I said I can see the Steelers kind of creeping in to that maybe that last, you know, wild card spot if the Chargers kind of falter a little bit here at the end as well and kind of fall out. Um, I don't think the Colts are. I think the Colts are going to maintain and get a wild card berth, maybe even the division. But I can I can see the Titans holding on. I think I think the Titans are a pretty balanced football team, even without Julio and AJ Brown and uh, Derrick Henry. I think Vrabel's a great coach, and I think he's going to you know get them to win a division again this year. Definitely a great coach. Yeah. Yeah. Vrabel is a good coach. He's a great coach. Yeah, no, he, he's a phenomenal coach. Um, let's look at the Ravens schedule. The Ravens got the Bengals this week. Next week, they take on the LA Rams. Now here's mm. the, here's the story with that. The Rams were forced to play, uh, you know, on Tuesday. So it's a short week for the Rams. And then they have, they have to turn around and uh, they got a game this week, obviously, and it's on a very short week. So that puts them at a disadvantage. And the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who are fighting for playoff position, have got to be licking their chops uh, to play the Rams this upcoming week on a short week. So that means the following week when they play the Ravens, this you know Rams team who is trying not to fall out of the playoff picture, the Ravens are going to get – a Rams team, and then they end the season with their biggest rival, one of the biggest rivals in football against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. Um, Harbaugh, is, he's got to be up all night wondering why he <laughs> went for two, two weeks in a row. Because the end of this season is going to be hard. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to get your popcorn ready because it's going down in the AFC. These yeah. games and the, the games, each it's like the playoffs have officially begun in the AFC. Just about all these games are must-win games. It's it's great stuff. But uh, right now, you sit in the driver's seat. You know, you hold the keys to your own fate. All you got to do is win. Yep. And your team has the the I would say the more favorable remaining schedule. Get this game out the way against the Patriots. That'll be a big win. And then take care of business with the last two weeks. Uh, Just you take a nap. Three. Take a nap for the next two weeks. You'll be fine. <laughs> don't. don't, don't. Don't take a nap because that's what the Cardinals did against the Lions, and look what happened to them. All right, don't take a nap. Never sleep on any team. Uh, But hey, but if you take Nyquil before the Jets game, that's fine. Just be drowsy. That's cool. cool. I'm telling you, this this boy Zach Wilson. We're we're hoping next year. That's that's what we're gonna say. We're hoping next year. Let's just hope yeah. it's not Mike White against the Bills, man. What Mike White throw five interceptions against the Bills? <laughs> hey, Hopefully it's better I, than that performance. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of the few Jets fans. Uh, don't tell anyone. This is a secret. I'm one of the few Jets fans that wishes Mike White actually finished out the season. I I, I really do think that he gives the Jets the best chance to win. And we have a lot of young receivers. Like, you know, like we had Elijah Moore before he went down. I really wish that they actually had the opportunity to play with someone that's at least going to get them the ball, like in the in the right area. Even though, you know, obviously, you know, he has his duds, right? He doesn't have the arm talent. 
But when he makes a decision, hey, I'm going to hit Elijah Moore, I mean, we were averaging 435 yards per game. There is no two-game, you know, back-to-back two-game period where Zach Wilson's passing totals have combined for over 435 yards, which Mike White was doing by himself. You know, when he tries to throw to Elijah Moore, it hits the dirt. So, you know, I, I wish, I wish, you know, Mike White, you know, he, he got that Nickelodeon's Choice Award. You know, <laughs> he got his jersey up in Canton. You know, that's that's probably it for him. Yeah, the, the Mike White hype train, um, you know, that that was a fast start. It was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that happened way too fast. Um, you know, once they start it, comparing him to Brady, but he did have a – I still think he has a bright future in the NFL. Um, so, like, we'll see. We'll see what happens what, with him. What do, you, what do you guys prefer? You you prefer Mike White or the magic of Linsanity? Oh, Linsanity. Linsanity had me going Linsane. Uh, oh, Lynn Sanity was Mike White. That didn't last long enough. Lynn Sanity was taking over for a couple of months. It was sad to see him go to another team. You know, like Lynn Sanity, Lynn Sanity carried over to LA when he called Kobe off. <laughs> he called Kobe off. He was at the top of the game. And Kobe was like, give me the ball. He was like, nah. And even though he scored, even though he scored, Kobe put his arm around him and was like, Young blood, if you ever do that again, I will you back. I want. Please know that. Please know that, right? But let's talk about the NBA while we're on the topic now. You know, let's talk about the NBA this week against the New York Knicks. History was made where the man Stephen the Chef Curry broke the three-point buckets record. And um, he goes down in history as the greatest shooter of all time, unless anybody wants to argue against that. But somebody is, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There are some people who who will argue against it. You know, I heard name is Ray Allen. Allen. Oh, well. <laughs> Ray Allen, of course, is a little biased. You know. Did you see the quote? Yeah, Ray Allen's trying to say, "Nah, you can't just say it's Steph." Like you know, everyone has their own opinions. That's Jesus. why I'm really excited to do this list. That's all I got to say about yeah. that. Je- Jesus Shuttlesworth is definitely feeling some type of way, yeah. right? Because, listen, I will say this. If Ray Allen was allowed to shoot eight to ten threes a game, maybe, just maybe the record would have been pushed out because Ray Allen came into the league where it's still a little bit more traditional. You come up court, you run the offense, you try to get open for a three. Steph, Steph just pulling up off the dribble. Like, he do whatever he wants. And it's buckets galore. But I will say, I don't know if Ray Allen can get the shot. I don't think he can create the shots that Steph creates. So regardless of what Ray Allen says, I'm going to say Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. But, fellas, who are your top five shooters of all time? Who should, we, should we go, like, you know, say all of our number ones and then all of our Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So, does right. anybody disagree with Steph being the greatest shooter of all time? No, hell no. no like, yeah, not, even, not, not even close. It's not even – thank you, because that would have been wasted time on this sportscast to, to even mention another name. So, uh, Steph is number one, undoubtedly, unquestionably, factual. Steph is the man. Now, who's man, in the number two seat? So, so you, no, I'm, I'm saying Matt, Matt's the guest. So, let, so yeah, Matt, you, you lead us yeah, off. You do your number, your number. Who's two. your number two shooter of all time? 
Jesus Shuttlesworth, Ray Allen. I, he's number two. Jesus Shuttlesworth, right? Yes, you know what? I have to agree with you on that one. I don't think it's a question. Uh, Shuttlesworth is the number two shooter of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say nay um, to Ray. And you're going to pick somebody who named rhymes. Clay Thompson himself. I'm telling you, Clay Thompson. I don't want to say it's disrespect because I do think people realize how how good he is. I think it's really more, you know, they they show the meme of like the last time that Clay played an NBA game. Like Westbrook was a, was a on the Thunder. You know, what I'm saying like that that literally seems like ages ago. Uh, AD was on the Pelicans like that like you know it's been a long long time since we've seen Clay play but I mean make no mistake about it when Clay Thompson is hot like like we we've we've actually never really seen something like it like the the man just catches the ball wherever he is and it's good like that's why he you know, has the record for most threes in a game. Like we've seen it happen time and time again, 37 point quarters, 60 point games. Yeah. Like, you know, people want to disrespect him and call him, you know, Kyle Corver, which is, which I'm not trying to disrespect Kyle Corver by saying that, yeah. but you know, you know, Corver, you know, he, you know, he gets hot, but like clay, he can create his own shot. Obviously doesn't have handles like Steph, but he can create his own shot. And when he gets hot, there, I'm telling you, it's it's like magma. Like it's it's not anything that we have ever seen from anyone in the league. The only reason why he is not my pick, obviously for number one, is because Steph can do it from all angles. He can do it off the dribble. He can do all of this. But I'll tell you this: if someone had a gun to my head and they said, "Hey, James Woody, you know you need to pass to someone and they need to hit this three, or you die." And I'm throwing a chest pass. I'm actually throwing that chest pass to Clay Thompson to save my life. That's hey, all Steph. Hey, when Clay hey. saved my bed, you did. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, if, <laughs> if, 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 the, if the deal is that the person has to make a dribble move, okay, Steph all day. I'll take Steph. But if, if it is just a chest pass, catch and shoot for my life, I'm taking Clay Thompson over anyone who's ever played the game. Okay. I'm even going to say Steph does. He's the best catch and shoot shooter, the best off the dribble shooter. He is literally the best shooter. Like his form, his form in his release is the quickest, and it's the most consistent. It's it's great. But I'm not saying that to to disrespect Clay. I'm just saying you are my boy. So if somebody put a gun in your head, I hope you get that answer right. And um, <laughs> don't be a fanboy and pick Clay over Steph. So you know that, that's all I'm saying. But um, <clears throat> all right. So. I got Jesus Shuttlesworth as number two. Matt's got Jesus Shuttlesworth as number two. Woody, do you have Jesus Shuttlesworth as number three or no? I do. All right, you do. do. All right. So how about we start with your number three, Matt? Uh, I mean, unless you had something colorful that you wanted to say about, um, you know, who got game. <laughs> nah, man, I mean, like. Well, first of all, Woody, who's comparing Clay to Kyle Corver, man? Who do you who are you talking to on yeah. the street that's like Clay Thompson's the same as Kyle? Like what? I tell them to walk away. That's not even that's not even a discussion. Like that's that's just that's just ludicrous right there. Holy crap! 
<laughs> that, that, that was pretty bad. I'm glad you checked the one. His, on his but I literally, no, but I've literally heard that. So you, you right. I have, I have a couple Skip people to block. Take right there. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> nah, man. If, if we're moving down the list at number three, I got Reggie Miller as as okay. my great shooter of all time. You got Reggie over Clay. I got Reggie over Clay. Yes, just because of longevity right now i mean i think i think clay and in, in the long run will be up there i mean he'll probably be top three when it's all said and done he'll probably beat out reggie but as of right now you know i mean i gotta see it when clay comes back you know hopefully he comes back and he's the same old clay but uh, like woody said he hasn't played in what's it been two years now we we got to see if he's back and i'm sure his stroke's fine i'm sure he can still shoot the lights out of the ball but, you know, is he going to have the stamina? Is his knee going to hold up? Is he going to continue to have, you know, injury problems moving ahead? So, right now, number three, it's going to be Reggie Miller for me. Man, that is a great pick. You know why? Because that's my number three greatest shooter <laughs> of man. Reggie Miller, yes, right? Sir. Now, listen, I, I beg that if Reggie played in today's NBA, I would say he may be – up there with Steph Curry in as far as making shots. Uh, Reggie played in an era where it was, and he played under Larry Brown. Come on, Larry Brown don't really want to take threes. Larry Brown run the offense, come off screen, take this mid-range shot. But Reggie was taking that mid-range out to the three-point line, turning around and just getting buckets. Um, I feel like in this era, Reggie would be one of the best three-point shooters. So stats aside, I also have to agree that, in my opinion, Reggie Miller is the third greatest shooter at all time. So, so far, Matt, our lists are identical. We got the chef, we got he got game, and we got Reggie. Uh, Woody has a different list over here. He's got the chef, he's got Clay, gun to your head, Clay, and <laughs> then he's got, he's got uh, Shuttlesworth, right? So now we at number four. Uh, Matt, who's Who's your guy? Who's the fourth greatest shooter of all time? Oh, this, this when it starts getting down to four and five, yep. there's a lot of guys that can come into play. Um, but I'm gonna go with Harden, man. James Harden. Ooh, I, I, really? He's gonna be number four for me. James Harden. <laughs> he his jumper is is nice, and I think he's one of the smoothest shooters out there. Mm. That is that is well. That really, is a, we're gonna hear what uh what I didn't, I say. Well, I, I, well, our list definitely about to not be in um you know synonymous yeah, anymore. Instinct, yeah. <laughs> but it's not gonna be in sync anymore. That that pick made me that like that face I made is like when my stomach hurt and I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, man, but no, I'm not gonna disrespect James Harden. He can shoot right, and I feel like he's a volume shooter uh, more yeah. than anything. And but he will put up 18 threes and make like six of them. But like, yeah, he, he's, he's 50 40 90. He's been he's been a 50 40 90, I believe. Yeah, he has been a 50 40 90. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think he's underrated, like, um, as a you know, as a shooter. So it's really not the worst pick. I just, if I had to name um, top players that I just I don't he, like their game, he I hates James like Harden. Game, I don't like James yeah. Harden's game, but I'm he not going to fight him. him. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to fight James Harden. No, you know, we don't, we don't need to have a, we don't need to have a celebrity boxing match. You know, I ain't really wait like that, but I'll take it though. If we, can, if we can get it going, like, you know, sign me up, James Harden. I'm going to knock the beard off. 
How about that? Have you looking like, like a ninja turtle at the end of the day, right? But anyway, so 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 I'll give you my fourth best shooter of all time. The stats don't do this man justice, but the legend Larry Bird is the fourth greatest shooter. Larry, Larry, it's said, and even if you go watch NBA classics, right, when the Celtics needed a bucket, it's almost like he could not miss the shot. It's almost like he was incapable of missing the shot, right? Um, you know, we're, I, I know we're all, we're, we're all younger, right? You know, so even I was really young. Uh, when Larry was was playing, uh, so I'm a I'm a basketball historian. I wish that I got to watch Larry play in my prime. I wish I could watch Larry play today. Um, you know, we talk about Clay Thompson and, and those guys. Um, I, there's in no possible way, shape, or form can Larry Bird not be in my top five shooters. Um, so I'm I'm going with Larry the Legend as the fourth greatest shooter ever. Um, I think both of you <clears throat> had really good number four picks. Uh, they both are in my top 10, Harden and Larry, um, for sure. Uh, Larry, um, specifically is probably my pick for maybe the most underrated shooter of all time because you know, the, the error, right? Like, you know, no one was, you know, prolifically, you know, shooting up threes, um, in his time, the way that now, like, Someone like Damian Lillard, right, kind of has more of a, a rep as a three-point shooter or, you know, as a better shooter than Larry. But if Larry played today, like Will's point, you know, for Reggie, you can make that same point for Larry. And um, he would I, – I think he, he would be with the best of the best. Um, Harden, also underrated as a shooter. Everyone, you know, he's the target of the, you know, the foul rule but um i personally think he's one of the most skilled he's obviously very crafty and his shot i mean it, it's he, it's knocked down it's knocked down um that being said uh my fourth uh i'm actually not even gonna lie i'm not even gonna lie you guys actually bullied me if, if i if i showed the paper if i showed the paper <laughs> uh, my fourth was actually it was actually ray allen but I will I will just switch the order because my because I'll say my number through my the person that I wrote down is number three mm -hmm. um for number four and that is your number three Reggie Miller. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now I am really curious for this fifth one. Um all of our number fours were a little bit different. Well, two of them haven't been mentioned yet. Right, but this fifth one here it's gonna be crazy. This fifth is, one's crazy. is going to be is, is going to be very very interesting. And um, Matt, who do you have to round out your top five and greatest shooters ever? <sighs> Gotta go, with Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver. I mean, wait a second. That, that was his job. Come in there, knock down. <laughs> you have one job, dude. I recognize this too. Yeah, come in and knock down the three. And that's what he did, man. I mean, he he was when he broke out. I mean, he really broke out on the Hawks that one year when the Hawks, you know, came in first in the East. Uh, he, his shooting was just lights out. And then you know, playing with LeBron and knocking down all those trades to help Cleveland out, you know, that was that was awesome. How are you gonna say who is comparing Clay to Kyle Corbett? <laughs> 
And then Kyle Corver is on this well, list above Clay. Well, again, well, he did say that Clay, his you know, the absence, he penalized him for the absence. So he, yeah. he did say that. I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So no, Clay, Clay is going to be on this list when it's all like when he's when he's done. Clay is going to be on this list for sure, one hundred percent. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let me ask you. If, if if we if this is I don't know if this is you know you know legacy if, if these lists but this list for me is gun to the head list right if, we, if you have that gun to the head are you passing it to Kyle Corver or Clay Thompson or James Harden right now Clay Thompson uh, yeah I'll 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 eat, I'll eat my crow yeah Clay Thompson. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. No, because because we we made these lists differently, so legacy yeah. matters. You know, yeah. like it, no, you know, like. Does. But yeah, no, Clay. I think Clay. Gun to my head. Out of those three options, I, I, <laughs> Jeez, I mean, you can give a... Harden twenty shots, and he'll probably make you know a couple. <laughs> he'll make <laughs> a few. But like, you know, Clay will be like eighteen for twenty, so you know that that would help out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. That is uh, that's fair. Will, um, well, actually, well, first I want to know: Would you agree with that with that answer? If you had actually, who was your number four? It was Larry Larry Bird. Larry yeah, Bird. Larry Bird was number four. Yeah. So Larry Bird or Clay Thompson, gun to the head, you need to pass it to someone to save oh, your life. I'm going with Larry. It's not even a second thought because Larry yeah. does not going to miss the shot. Like you know, Larry's going to be like, oh, they're going to try to kill you. I got you. You know, this form is like this too. Like I love it. It's like you know, so like you know. I'm I'm going with Larry. Clay, Clay, little goofy man. Clay, Clay, Clay is ridiculous, right? But Clay don't care about nobody that's not on the Golden State Warriors, right? They don't care about nobody in life unless they buy in his shoes that are his brand is from Asia. Or whatever, Clay don't Clay will miss the shot and be like, "Dang, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, I'll take care of your family, though." He, he might at least do that, but I'm trying to live. I'm going with the legend. I'm going with the legend all day in, in that in that regard. Like if, if it came down to one shot. Now, my top five shooter. This is going to be a surprise to a lot of people, but listen, I'm unbiased. In my opinion, this shooter is still writing the scripts to his career. But I have never seen somebody who can shoot the ball so effortlessly, so consistent. Oh, my and God. Even doing this, coming back from an injury that a lot of people don't really play the same once they have to come back oh. from this. Oh, okay. Easy Money Sniper is yeah. the fifth best shooter of all time, in my opinion, is Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Durant is a, a borderline seven-footer that can shoot the lights out of the ball. And that's not even uh, what he does most. I mean, he can, he can do everything. But if you put him on a team where he could just shoot, it's going to be ridiculous. He might put up Stephen Clay numbers, you know, if he's just on a team where he could just shoot. But he's always going to be the best player on his team, you know. So uh, my, my, my fifth best shooter is absolutely Kevin Durant. I don't think that's a surprise. <clears throat> He's actually sixth on my list. Um, I actually think you guys pretty much just did a top, you know, my personal top ten, right? Because, uh, you know, Harden is on there. Larry's definitely on there. Um, Larry's probably seven. Um, and Corver, uh, I think Corver deserves to be in the top Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he deserves yeah, to be yeah, on yeah. there as well. 
So I think you guys just, you know, did my, my top 10 because this fifth person is someone that that's like an actual surprise. Uh, Will, you got me nervous uh, as a Suns fan. I thought, you know, you were going to say something outrageous like Devin Booker, but. Oh, um, come on, man. Uh, well, you said he's still writing the script. You know, you could at least say you thought I was going to say Steve Nash because Steve well, Nash is in my top 10 for sure. Yeah, I'd put Steve Nash in top 10. Would you guys? I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I feel much more confident. Saying that my number five pick <laughs> for the best shooter of all time is my man, okay, Steve Nash. Wow, I did not see that coming. Wow. Oh my god, you you know, we're looking for a surprise. I wrote him down. Steve Nash is, is out here. Wow, um, you know, you want to talk about 50, 40, 90. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he the, the, they should call that the Steve Nash Club. Um, you know, one of the best free throw shooters at uh, you know of all time. Uh, you know, that that stroke, you know, the, he, it was just so pure. And another guy who can get it off the dribble, you know, of all these guys, he's probably the least athletic. Yeah. But, like, he just didn't need that much space. Like, he was still getting these shots off. Like, it, it was a beauty to watch him play. Like, you know, I completely agree. I wish we could have watched Larry play like consistently in his prime. Steve Nash is someone who I'm very grateful for being able to watch play the game. Nashty Nash. That's what I used to call him, man. Steve Nashty. Um, in your top five, number six for me. But listen, that's a great list. Uh, one thing that cannot be debated is the shooters that we named all belong on the list. Like, you know, in the top 10 for sure. Uh, that top five after the top one, it's debatable all the way through. So um, great stuff. Now, let's close out the show um, with one of my favorite segments here where, Matt, what we do is you're going to look directly into your camera and you are going to speak to any sports player, any sports franchise, any sports fan base, any anyone. Right. Even it can even be a media personality, mm -hmm. but it's this time for this person to hear you out. Right. So tell us what's on your mind. Who needs to hear Matt Moyer out? I think you guys know where I'm going with this. I'm talking to you, Buffalo Bills, everybody yes. on the squad, from the coaches to the players, to the GMs, to the people who working in the stadium. We have to. This is a must win Buffalo. I mean, that last loss to the Patriots was a tough one. It was a tough one. Home field advantage, you know, coming in, weather was supposed to be, you know, Buffalo weather, you know, we're feeling good and we, and we, we, we drop it, you know, but I'm, I'm looking at you, Josh Allen. I'm looking at you, Sean McDermott. I'm looking at you, Stefan Diggs. I'm looking at you, Trey Edmonds on defense. You better set the tone. Smack somebody in the mouth and shut them down. Take down the Patriots, win the division, and let's go on another run this year. Let's go, Buffalo. Woo! Wow. Goodness, you got me wanting the Buffalo Bills to run the table at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's right. Nobody circles the wagon like Matt Moyer. That was, liked it. That, was, that, was, that, was that was good. Incredible. That was good. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So, you know what? Let's keep. I want to keep with this thing. Okay. Oh, I'm oh. going to talk to the Dallas Cowboys right now, right? Because the Dallas Cowboys, we were just gifted 
with a Tampa Bay loss, and we are the second seed in the NFC right now. We've been winning games, but we haven't been looking great, but that's okay. You'll take an ugly win. But the reason we don't look like the same offense right now as we did at the beginning of the season is because we cannot run the ball. So Jerry, Steven, Mike McCarthy, Kelly Moore, and anybody else, all your wives, all your mamas, whoever needs to convince you, sit Ezekiel Elliott for a couple weeks before the playoffs begin. Don't bank on trying to get the number one seed and having a bye week. We cannot run the ball right now. Zeke got hurt against Denver. He's been playing on a bum knee. He, you haven't handed him the ball, um, you know, more than 15 times in weeks. I think last week he had 16 carries on accident. It is time to sit down Zeke. Let him rest. In the playoffs, we need to run the football. The defense is playing like we need the defense, a playoff defense to play. But we need to grind it out, run the clock. I don't care about anything else. Zeke said you're going to have to carry him off the field. Zeke, I don't want you carried off the field. Sit his butt down and let's go. Let Tony Pollard run the show for the rest of the season. Sit Zeke. That's what I have to say. Wow. I like wow. it. I like it for my fantasy, too. Well, I mean, the playoffs are going to be over, but, you know. <laughs> I, like I like it. That got me hyped. I, I want Zeke to go out there and get me like 35 points right now. You know, <laughs> sit him down and let him loose. That's what I like. If we, if we win the division this week, because um, it looks like the the Redskins. Uh, oops. Hey, uh, Stag, we're gonna need you to bleep out that I said that word. Uh, if the Washington Football Team, they just lost to the Eagles, right? Well, you know, obviously. But now <laughs> we can finish the job with a win against them this Sunday. And if we wrap up the division, yes, I know we're trying to get the number one seed. But listen, sit Zeke. Let him rest. That's all I have to say about that. Um, well, that's that's nice. Um, it, it's actually great, right? You know, Bills Mafia, you know, Bills fans speak to those Bills you know, Cowboys fans speak to to them boys. Uh, I'll tell you guys right now, I have absolutely nothing to say to the Jets. So, uh, do not expect that. All right, that, that's not that's not happening. I don't even have anything to say to Tibbs and and those boys either. Um, this is a Mets shirt. I don't even like baseball, so I got nothing to say about uh, New York right now. I'm not even a team with the same colors. Uh, no, 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 no. This this um. I'm going to speak to a person and, and you know, so, something that, that I think is, uh, you know, when we talk about sports and we just did this list, right. And we're talking about legacy, right. Legacy. That's something that is synonymous with sports. So I want to speak to one person who just about three years ago was a universal a consensus without the shadow of a doubt hall of famer. If someone came up to you on the street and said, this person wasn't a hall of famer, like Moyer said, you got to walk away if this was 2018. Um, but right now, you know, there, there's been a lot, a lot of slander. There's been a lot of things going on and Hey, 
some of it, maybe even most of it, has been your fault. But what happened? You have a Hall of Fame mentor that literally lets you sleep in his house. And as a result, last year, after being blackballed from the entire league, Antonio Brown, you can call yourself part of the 2022 Super Bowl champions. Well, guess what, A.B.? We know, or at least I know, you haven't lost a step, right? There was things going on, okay? There were there were things happening, all right? But none of it, none of it was related to your talent on the field. So right now, right here, right now, Godwin is gone. This is your moment on the biggest stage with the biggest team to show that you are still the same Hall of Fame wide receiver that you always been, okay? Forget about all the different locker room antics. Forget about being the superstar. Right now, it's time for you to nut up and shut up and just go out there, play hard, and win. And prove to the world once again that you are that dude. Tell it like it is, tell it like it was, and tell it like it's going to be. Um, listen, great stuff. Antonio Brown, Bills Mafia, Cowboys Nation, hear us out. The passionate fans who watch you guys from far every day, you know, 24-7. We take no days off in this sports game. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Matt, we got to have you back on the show again hopefully soon, very soon. It was a pleasure to have you come on here, do your thing, and represent Bills Mafia. Uh, we'll definitely link up uh, talking about how the Bills finished the season. So um, great stuff. Woody, do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you uh, to Matt. Huge thank you uh, for coming on. I know, uh, you know you've been watching some episodes. You know you wanted to uh, you know be a part of it, so I'm glad we were able to make it work. And you, you were incredible. You had the, the best, you know, hear me out. Uh, I'm sure, you know, anybody watching this is like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the, the, the Bills, you know, win this game, you know. Um, so it, it's definitely been a great time. Um, I can't wait for the next time. And, uh, yeah, forget about the Jets. They suck. <laughs> Guys, just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me on. I've had a blast. Anytime, anytime you want me on, man, I'd love to talk more about the Bills. Anytime. Awesome. Hey, um, ladies and gentlemen, check out Matt Moyer's uh, social media handles at the end of the show. It'll flash right here, right now. You see it right there. But ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast. We want to hear you out. Come on the show. Call it how you see it. Call it how you saw it. Call out the people who didn't see it how you saw it. But that's all we got for tonight. We out.